You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. On June 19th, 1992, Alternate Realities opened its doors at 700 Central Park Avenue. I was five, and about to discover comic books two towns over at a store called Heroes World. Like any good comic book fan, I checked out the other shops in the area, including Alternate Realities, though I'd be lying if I said I remembered my first time there. After Heroes World closed, rather abruptly, Alternate Realities became my local comic shop. In time, I'd go from customer to employee to chronicler of this store and the people here. That is my comic shop history. And what you're about to hear is the most difficult chapter yet. The final one. Welcome to the finale of My Comic Shop History. I'm your host, Anthony Desiato. My Comic Shop History is a 12-episode podcast event that has chronicled the rise and fall of New York comic book store Alternate Realities. Over the past 11 weeks, I have spoken to past and present owners, customers, and employees about our experiences at the store from both sides of the counter. And now, at last, we say goodbye. For this final episode, I am joined by two guests. To my right, Alternate Realities legend, Bill Mayo. Wow. Welcome, Bill. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, I didn't know I was quite the legend. You are. Very much so. And we'll talk about why. Okay. And across from me, the man behind the counter for most of the past 23 years and the subject of many of our podcast discussions, Steve Odo. Welcome, Steve. Oh, thank you very much. Happy to be here. All right. If you two would just indulge me for a moment, I, uh, I want to thank a few people who have, who have contributed to this show. So first and foremost, the guests. Um, everyone who has been on the show um, has come ready to play and contribute and has offered you know, some great stories and insight. So I want to thank everyone who has been a guest on My Comic Shop History. Uh, I think listeners know that these episodes are edited, but what they might not know is that the recordings <laughs> on average have run about two to three hours. Uh, and I think that's a testament to just the friendship and how much fun we have doing these things. Because normally when I point out how much time has passed, people are surprised. Thank you to the listeners. Um, I really can't stress this enough. I wanted to do a podcast for a long time. And the two things that held me back were, one, I didn't really know what it would be about. And two, I didn't know if anyone would listen. So Steve, thank you for solving my first problem by <laughs> deciding to close the store and giving us such great material to work with. And to the listeners, thank you for tuning in and participating uh, to this show. Whether you listen to one episode or all of them, whether you're a lifelong comic book fan or you've never read a comic book, whether you're familiar with alternate realities or you've never been to a comic book store, uh, thank you for for tuning in and and listening to our story. I want to thank my intern, Adam. 
I want to thank uh, two people for their technical assistance. Um, I've mentioned this before, but I want to thank Doug Desher. Um, his technical uh, guidance was, was invaluable as I was starting out on this process. I also want to thank Greg Schiegel, uh, who's a cartoonist and a podcaster in his own right. And uh, he sent me some very, very helpful information as I was embarking on this journey. So thank you to Greg as well. Mr. Ralph Puma, uh, he's the gentleman whose music you hear at the beginning and end of all of these episodes. And he has very, very generously uh, let me use all of his music across all of my projects. So I want to thank Ralph and also let listeners know that Ralph has a project called Solace. It's a six-episode series about uh, two young women who own a comic book shop. So I think listeners of this show uh, might find it interesting. So be sure to find that on Facebook and check out the trailer, which was just released. Steve, I want to thank you uh, for letting me record here, for participating in the first and final episodes, and for lending me the very table that we record on. So thank you. Always a pleasure. So there's more that I want to thank you for, but we'll save that for later. And last but certainly not least, uh, my fiance Stephanie, who heard the word podcast more than anyone should ever have to over the past three months and uh, never once complained and was never anything other than uh, sweet and supportive. So thank you to Stephanie as well. As far as the future of this show, I wish that I could say I had a specific plan or announcement to reveal right now. I don't, other than to say this, I have every hope and intention of continuing my comic shop history down the road. What I would like to do is return for a season two uh, sometime in, in 2016. The show would obviously have a new focus. It wouldn't be about alternate realities anymore, but I've loved doing it, and um, you know the, the response really has been very positive, and, and people have been asking if the show will continue. So uh, all I can say is this. If you've enjoyed this show, and if you would like to hear another podcast from me and, and from this group, uh, please make sure that you connect with us on social media. Like My Comic Shop History on Facebook, follow me at Desi Westside on Twitter, and subscribe to My Comic Shop History on iTunes. So if you do any or all of those things, uh, you will definitely uh, hear the latest um, You know, once, once a decision about the future of the show is made. So thank you guys for uh, indulging me in that. Um, the first thing that I, I sort of want to jump into is is the title of the show. You know, it's called My Comic Shop History, but that doesn't necessarily mean Anthony's comic shop history. And one of the things that I found over the course of doing this show is that everyone who comes in, you know, there's a different part of their experience at the store um, that means a lot to them and that they talk about. So, for example, uh, last week we had Metalhead on the show, uh, Michael Kaplan, one of the former owners of the store. And the way that came about was he messaged me on Facebook and said, hey, no one's really talked about uh, the late 90s. You know, you're missing this big gap in alternate realities history. And I was like, oh, man, I'm like, all right, why don't you come on? And we could talk about it. And he came on and he had some really great insights and observations. And there are a couple of things that I want to bring into this episode a little bit later on. But what was funny was, as far as the history aspect goes, much of what he talked about was how he used to ride his bike here when he was 14 and 15 years old. I, I only left a couple of those references in the episode, but during the recording, he said it, I think, about a dozen times because that was his introduction to this world. And when he thinks back, that's what he thinks about, how he used to ride his bike here. So, Bill, I want to toss it to you first. Um, is there anything like that for you, either uh, a period of time or a specific event or instance that you immediately think of when you think of your comic shop history? You, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's funny you say that. Um, <clears throat> something that I think about all the time is, you know, people always ask me, it's like, you know, I tell them about the store 
I, I tell them what it means to me, uh, and I tell them about working at the store for many years. And you know, invariably, it always comes to, well, how'd you uh, get involved with the store? How'd you first go to the store? And uh, I'll never forget. And I think about this all the time, calling Steve up. And I didn't know it was Steve, right? And uh, I was in high school. I just started getting into anime. And I called this guy, Alternate Realities. Hey, do you have Project Aco comic books? He's like, sure do. Come on down. <laughs> and, you know, I was a kid in high school. I, I wasn't driving. And I walked from my house. And, you know, it's about, you know, a 15-minute drive. I don't know how long it took me to walk there. Maybe 45 minutes or an hour or so. Uh, and that became a ritual for me. Um, I would come and I would walk to the store. You know, something that I always think back at, you know, you talk about being a, an employee, uh, you know, or, or you're a customer, an employee, and then uh, this chronicler. You know, I think about the times when I was just this this kid in high school, just walking down the street, can't wait to get to the comic book store and, you know, bring my book, empty book bag, filling up with comic books and walking home. Uh, back then, I didn't hang out, but I'm sure I hung out for more than a, a regular customer would because I just walked for an hour. <laughs> it wasn't until later that I got a car, you know, and I, you know, drove and came and went as I pleased. But, you know, over the years, the, the story has meant so much to me. And, uh, you know, certainly it went from, from that sort of engagement to, you know, senior year in college when uh, I, I made my schedule on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I had all of my classes so I could spend the f other five days of the week here. I wasn't at home. I was, you know, this became my, uh, my, you know, home away from home. It was my only home, you know, and this was my family at that time. I saw, I saw Steve Odo more than anybody else in my life at that point. Actually, and it's true because Leah went to school in, uh, Leah's my wife at the time, just a girlfriend. Uh, you know, she was in Carnegie Mellon. So, you know, Steve Odo, for all intents and purposes, I saw you more than anybody else in my life, my senior year in college. How does that make you feel, Steve? I guess it's it's tough because over twenty three years, you know, time just flies by, and yet at the same time, so many things happen. So many people come into my life and gone. The full impact of the store closing really hasn't hit me because, as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I've got to worry about uh, getting these things uh, to storage or selling the fixtures, um, coordinating the last bit of sales for people with special ordered items, um, letting the right uh, you know people know Verizon, Con Ed, uh, all the distributors um, changing addresses changing emails so even th even after the doors close I know to me it's still it's a different direction but it's still a lot of work to be done and so I really haven't had the time to be sentimental about things and I know you guys have been talking a lot about the fact that that uh, they can't believe the store is closing but I guess in recent days a lot of people have been coming to say goodbye and you know over the years I kind of come to I came to realize that many times when you say goodbye to somebody it's really forever. You're never going to see them again. And when they come to you and you realize that you've seen them grow up, um, uh, you know, they've, uh, they've, they have their children with them now. Um, and when they tell you that this was a big part of their childhood, that they, that, uh, they, you know, they basically, like Bill says, grew up here, then it starts to affect me a little bit more. And I, uh, suddenly, I understand what you guys are talking about when you're saying, you know, it had such a big impact. Uh, right now, I guess I haven't I haven't thought about it, but uh, it's it's now starting to dawn on me. And uh, I guess you know I'll, later on maybe I, you had once in the first uh, podcast talked about the legacy and regrets and such. And you know if we can touch on that a little later, that'd be good. But um, but now now I'm starting to realize that gee, you know I guess I did have an effect on people, which I never really thought about much. To me, it was just 
kind of a day-to-day drudge. Got to get through this thing. Got to get these projects done. There are a number of things you said there that I want to unpack, you know, as, as we move forward through the episode. Um, but just to sort of, you know, set the scene, we are recording this at night after closing on Friday, June 26th. And the store closes on Tuesday, the 30th. You know, it's funny. One thing that everyone has been asking me on on and off mic is how I feel about the store closing. And I haven't really given much of an answer to that during the show. I figured I would save it for the last one. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's definitely very bittersweet. But I think more than anything, I, I feel at peace about it. Um, you know, the store has meant a lot to me over all of these years. And it's meant different things at different times. You know, so at the beginning, uh, when I was really an avid comic book reader, this was the place I got my comics. And over the years, I still enjoy comic books, but I don't read them with nearly the same regularity I used to. So it's, it's not like my Wednesday routine is really going to be disrupted because I'm not here on Wednesday getting my comics. And then I started working here, and it was my job. Um, but I haven't worked here now, you know, for, for a little while. And... Again, even this podcast, you know, <laughs> this sort of the next phase that I entered here where I did the documentary and the podcast, even that, you know, sort of is ending. And, you know, again, it is still that clubhouse. And I guess that's the saddest part that we won't have that anymore. But if nothing else has come across in all of these episodes, <laughs> I like to think it's the fact that these bonds of friendship are true and strong and transcend the physical space of 700 Central Park Avenue. And so I, I do believe, you know, we'll see what actually happens, but I do believe that the dinners and the gatherings and all of that will continue. And I think we've all recognized, Steve, that, that this is the right move for you, that this isn't something you wish to do any longer. And so for your sake, for the store's sake, it seems like it's, it's the right thing to do. So when people ask, how do you feel? It, you know, it's sad, but it also feels right. And I, I feel at peace about it. I mean, how do you feel, Bill? You know, you know bittersweet exactly is exactly right um you know will i miss the physical store coming to the store hanging out with the guys at the store sure i mean there's definitely going to be uh people that i'll miss people that we'll lose touch with and never see again and that's sad um you know even for me who who, you know i come in so infrequently you know just hanging out on a saturday you don't know who's going to walk in and you know it could be somebody you haven't seen in five years and then all of a sudden it's like you reconnect and it's the first you know it's like no time it's passed at all and so I think I'm going to miss that aspect of the stores, that social, the clubhouse, you know, uh, aspect. But, you know, also recognizing that, you know, and I and I said it before that the store has been kind of sick for a while. You know, it hasn't been true to form, certainly not uh, when I was an employee here 12 years ago for, for whatever reasons. And, and, and so I think that while I'm sad to see it go, I think it's been time. It's, it's time. And, I, and I'm happy that Steve now is, is going to start the next phase of his life. Um, and I know that's been put on hold for a long time. Um, I know you recently got married, and I think that's you know you're 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 moving into a new phase that that needs to be the priority. And for too long, I think the store has dominated your life. You know, for all in- intents and purposes, it has to die so something else can live, right? I mean, that's what's happening. And Bill, you know, I want to I want to thank you. You know, we, again, we always talk about the community and the friendships and the dinners and all of that. Mm-hmm. You were really one of the main people who would first push me to go to dinner. I you mean, know, I, I tried for a long time, <laughs> not to interrupt you, but I tried to get for a long time uh, to get you to come out with us. I mean, uh, I remember you would zip in and zip out. You would buy your comics and go. And, and, and for me, that was the best part. It was like this hidden secret society within the, the society uh, to be invited to the dinners, to go to the dinners and see what that was all about. Um, I'm glad that you eventually uh, you became a part of that. And, uh, 
you certainly, you know, rose to it. I mean, unbelievable levels, uh, you know, transcending that, uh, what we ever did as a community. But I mean, you know, it's, I mean, I will forever be grateful to you, to Steve, to the people here and the store itself. I mean, I really, again, I look back on, on the kid that I was when I first started coming here and, and, and even started working here to now. And right. I would have been the guy ringing you up back that's then right. when you think yeah. about it, right? I was the employee of the store at that time. It was me and my brother. That's right. Little, little Bill. Little Bill and Big Bill. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like I became more of myself through the store. And um, I really am forever grateful for that. And I, I thank you for introducing me to, you know, to this larger world. And, um, you know, a couple episodes ago, I had uh, Zach Walliner on with a couple of other guys. We were talking comic books. And at the start of the episode, Zach gave me a gift of homemade Captain America wings. And if you want to know what that's about, listen to episode 10. But uh, so in that episode, I was given a gift and I believe in paying it forward. So, Bill, I have a little gift for you. Obviously, oh, yeah? listeners can't see it, so we'll have to describe it. It's exciting. <laughs> that rustling you hear is uh, is me getting it out of the plastic bag that it's in. <laughs> Close your eyes. All right. I'm not looking. Oh, my God. Open. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't scream into the microphone. Uh, I was so upset when I saw this missing uh, from the bathroom just <laughs> the other day. So what Anthony uh, passed me... Um, to me is one of the greatest stories ever and it's the a placemat uh beautifully done in crayon from fridays by none other than, than jeff wong uh and for listeners who want to see more about jeff wong please watch anthony's comic shop documentary uh because he is the most legendary uh, customer of the store uh ever and uh, you know talking about dinners uh for the longest time uh jeff was a uh the manager I think he was the manager. He was something. I think he was the busboy. He was the busboy, maybe, yeah. <laughs> at Fridays. And he would always encourage us to go to Fridays. And this was the time that we would go to uh, Pizza and Brew all the time, nonstop. And uh, he eventually got us to go. And he took care of us. He, he did a great job. He, he, he sat us all down. And we invited him to sit with us. And I don't know if um, that he was working that night or not, but he sat with us. And, you know, he didn't contribute so much to the conversations. And, uh, you know, like previous people have talked about it on, on some of these episodes, that we don't talk about comic books. We just talk about other things. And he, he really wasn't contributing. But the whole time, he was drawing this placemat. It was a child's placemat with crayons. And, you know, it's got one of those matching columns, like match the animal to, like, the paw print. And, uh, you know, it's beautifully done. And, uh, you know, Brandon was there at the time. And he's like, hey, you know, Jeff, sign it. And he signed it. And he wrote Jeff.H. <laughs> which is, you know, how he's in my phone as Jeff.h. It's like one of the most, uh, you know, amazing stories. I mean, that was, you know, the cream, the, the, the oh, I, I can't even believe you had that. Thank you. so. <laughs> You're very <laughs> welcome. <laughs> it's uh, so there's not many things hanging on my wall. I'm going to put that on my wall. It make me smile every day to see that. Well, it's funny. You know, there's a, there's a treasure trove of inside jokes hanging on the wall of the bathroom at alternate reality. Right, I should have mentioned that before, that where it was missing was the wall of the bathroom. <laughs> I didn't see it. I came in specifically looking for it to make sure nobody, you know, loses it in the shuffle. About a week ago, I, I said, I, I, I wanted to give you something, and I was like, oh, this will be perfect. This is perfect. And so I p carefully peeled it off the wall of the bathroom, sealed it very, <laughs> very tightly in a, in, a, in a comic book bag. And uh, yeah, and I had it framed, and... Um, Thank you so much. Yeah, you're very welcome. But it was funny earlier today. You're like, oh man, where do you know where the placemat went? And I'm <laughs> like, oh, I it. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Played it off well. 
I don't have many regrets about this podcast, but one really big one is that I couldn't get Jeff Wong on here. I know. We tried. And we, you and I really tried. We, we were tried. texting him. We tried calling him. He was responding. Him. And then he stopped. He was... He actually did respond. He to responded. Oh, wow. Uh, so to the listeners out there who might have seen the documentary and, and were hoping for a Jeff Wong appearance on this, I really do apologize. I tried. Uh, Steve, when's the last time you saw Jeff? It's got to, well, again, time flies. I have no idea. I'm going to say it's been at least a year, maybe more. If you do see him, tell him he owes me $500. I will. Okay. Is it for pornography? No, not just porn. This is G.I. <laughs> Joe and his uh, his Power Ranger toys. <laughs> and that's the magic of Jeff. Yes. Oh, that's sorry. true. I mean, sadly, though, he, for as legendary as he is, he went the way of, of a lot of people in in and around the world of alternate realities. He one day disappeared. Where do you guys think he is? What do you think he's doing? Because Jeff Wong very famously, for those who are unfamiliar, Jeff Wong very famously, again, as Bill, as you said, he worked at TGI Fridays, but he he claimed to be a member of this elite SWAT-like team. Strike Force. Stri- and to have killed no less than 25 people in the line of duty. He had a very definitive answer when you asked him how many people he yes. killed. I mean, it was right there. It was like, how many do you think you've killed? He goes, 25. Oh, I know. Yeah. He doesn't think. He knows. He knows. So what do you guys think he's up to? I think he was killed in action or captured. I think he's a busboy someplace else. He's being tortured. (laughs) Well, Jeff, if you're out there, uh, you know. He's not listening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, one of the the lost AR members. But, you know, he's, I'm sure he ranks amongst many, Steve, that you've, uh, you know, you talk about people coming and going. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that, you know, obviously like me and Anthony, we we come and never leave. but there's got to be a lot of people that, you know, you wish you would, would be able to get in touch with. And so how do you uh, how do you see yourself getting in touch with these people now? Do you see yourself uh, maintaining relationships, not only with us, but other people that you've met throughout the years? Well, when you say get in touch, you mean the people who owe me money? No, not necessarily. Oh. I mean, you know, do you do you consider yourself friends with uh, with us, and other people, you know, regular the regular I, customer? Are you friendly enough with, uh, you know, maybe stay in touch with? I believe I will stay in touch with a bunch of people. I had that form that I asked people to fill out that mm-hmm. if you want to stay in touch with me, just leave me, you know, fill out this form with name and your phone number or email address. And in the bottom half was the part that they would take home with it as my information. Um, and I've encouraged people to, you know, go to the Alternate Reality site on uh, Facebook uh, and in my own personal Facebook page and friend me because every now and then, now that, now that I don't have the store to worry about and take up all my time, you know, once I get my own personal life back together a little bit, then I can spend the time to go back on Facebook and, and keep people apprised of what's going on in life. I'm going to enjoy life a little bit more, I think, from a social aspect. Now, shifting a little bit, uh, when your wife, Anne, was on the show, she mentioned that she and Evan warned you against listening to the other episodes in this podcast. Is that correct? And did you follow their advice? Yeah, not just Anne and Evan. Uh, different customers have actually said to me, you don't want to hear this. So I was like, okay, I figure I'll wait till it's all done. And the you know, and that's gone. surprising because I don't think anything's been said that's so uh I've been told basically is like people, it, it's like, you know, was it Monday morning quarterbacking that they can now talk about how, you know, that I didn't do these things right or that I guess I didn't do it the way they would have done it. And I'm thinking to myself, the only people who, re- who really seem to understand how difficult running a retail operation is, especially a one-man operation, is another store owner. I guess for a lot of people, it's like, um, you know, you come in, you buy your books. It's how, how difficult is it to bring somebody up? They don't understand all the aspects of uh, running a business. Well, I would, I would offer this. I mean, if, if you ultimately never listen to these, so be it. That's perfectly fine. But, 
you know, I would argue that the opinions that have been offered, have there been critiques? Yes, no doubt about it. But the goal, and I think for the most part we achieved this, was to be a little more analytical about it rather than merely critical or merely being a Monday morning quarterback. And I mean, not to get lawyerly, but, you know, in your in your closing announcement and in your first episode, you, you know, you implicated certain store policies. You discussed them. You gave your reasoning for them, in effect, sort of opening the door. And other guests came on and, and offered their opinion. And I mean, I really, you know, I really haven't addressed this personally very much over the course of these episodes. Again, I was sort of saving it for the end. But, you know, nothing said was malicious or a personal attack. There were some people who who sided with you with respect to certain policies. We had Paul Barrero on, who's the owner of the Spider's Web. And there were a couple of things where he was like, no, I learned I learned that from Steve. So it's not just everybody coming in and, and piling on. Um, and we certainly all, you know, recognize how difficult it is to run any small business, especially a comic book shop. And, you know, the other thing is, and let me, let me finish this because you might jump in here, but uh, the other thing is, and Bill, I want to get your take on this because I don't, I don't necessarily want to speak for everyone, but maybe the way I feel and maybe the way I think some other people feel is that we have a certain degree, we feel a certain degree of quote-unquote ownership, and I don't use that literally. We all recognize that this is your store, and Drew said this, Drew Cheskin, former owner, said this in his episode, that you know ultimately the decisions, good or bad, they rest on your shoulders. You have the risk, you have the reward, it all lies on you. So we recognize that. However, every single person who has been on the show has either owned the store at some point, worked here, or volunteered, and put in a lot of a lot of time and effort. So we do feel a, a certain investment in the store's success and in your well-being. I mean, what do you think, Bill? No, absolutely. You know, talking about ownership, not in the literal sense. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, again, it speaks towards uh, what this place means to all of us, and we all wanted to see it succeed. And you know, I don't think any of us really thought this would ever come to an end. Um, I think we we all thought that this was just going to be here forever, um, for for better or worse. Um, and uh, you know, you always want to take uh, you know you know take stock, take you know ownership in what you love. And uh, certainly, we all love this place in, in such a sense that we feel like uh, you know even from the very act of buying the books and supporting the store to actually physical you know labor that you know we would contribute and you know any number of things. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's in, in a very literal sense. We feel uh, a part of this. We're all in it together. Um, and I think the dinners helped uh, really solidify that, you know, the community that we base. I mean, you know, the very fact that you can just hang out on a Saturday and, you know, it, you know, for, for everybody who's just hanging out, take any, you know, any customer that's friendly enough to come out to dinner with us, hang out with us. You know, you ask them, hey, you know, you, you mind bagging these books for us? Yeah, they, they would jump at that chance. They'd be happy to, um, you know, because we all feel that. We all feel this loyalty, this love. If there has been any frustration, I think maybe what it what it stems from, again, is that we care. So if we see you struggling in any sense with the store, and we hear about you struggling, <laughs> because you're not shy about that. Um, but, you know, so if we see you struggling, and, and you know, we hear you struggling, but we maybe help. you're not yeah. availing yourself of our assistance or advice or someone else's, I think that's where... The fr while we recognize that it's ultimately up to you, it's it can be difficult for for those of us, especially those on the inside. But the question that I have, you know, I'm happy to hear whatever you want to say about this. But the specific question, the specific question that I have, 
And this is something I, as well as I know you, and as many times as I've had you in front of a camera or a microphone, I don't quite know exactly how you would answer this. Do you know that the that these these critiques or these criticisms that they come genuinely from a good place, or do you look at it as like these guys are talking about stuff they don't know? I guess it's both. There's got to be both. I would say there's more than one reason for things. I guess I feel like you know uh, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into keeping this place going, a lot of sacrifice, and uh, I guess the general feeling I'll, I'll say generally, the average person who really has no conception. Um, but is happy to put their two cents in. It's like I don't need their two cents. But now I'm not. Now I'm not really talking but, about those people. Yeah. I mean us. Yeah. But it, but yeah. And and well, you know my personality. It's it's really hard for me to take criticism when I feel like I'm giving it 100 percent, 110 percent. But I I guess you know it's uh, I don't know that I not not to be uh, cold or insulting. Maybe I haven't given a lot of I haven't been given a, a tremendous amount of thought. Again, I've got too many things on my mind to worry about, you know, what people say. And I guess I'm at an age where I, I'm getting to be like Jay. I don't really care what other people think. Um, I think as you get older, you kind of understand that everybody else's opinion <laughs> doesn't mean anything after a while. And then, you know, it's when you get, you're just waiting. It's God's waiting room. That's just waiting for the the, the big uh, the big sleep. And uh, I feel like I've come to that point where, you know, it's, it's, I'm almost welcoming that, where I don't have to have any more problems. You know, you've been saying death is the ultimate, ultimate. release for a long time. Yes, and I, and I, think, I think I'm right. <laughs> I'm saying it again a lot. So, you know, one other way I guess I would ask the question is, in the first episode, I had you respond to some of your Facebook critics. One of the things that I think you kept coming back to was, well, they don't know what they're talking about. So I guess I still think that, <laughs> but and about them. But I'm with respect to the people who have been on the show. I mean, do do you see or feel any distinction between our group and those people, or is it just like every just another bunch of complainers? I well, I guess again, I didn't think about it. I haven't thought about it. Um, I guess the impact has been I'm just getting snowballed, hit by snowballs left and right, and it doesn't matter who's throwing them right now. It's just I got so much going on. That uh, well, if you think about it now, do I think? Oh, you want me to think about it now? <laughs> right now, it's the finale. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is tomorrow's it. too late. Yeah. Um, no, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I understand, well, especially I mean, especially now. Uh, you know, now now that uh, the, so many people have come by to say goodbye, you know, they're, they're taking photographs with me, asking me to sign a comic book, and you know, uh, and they're crying as they're saying goodbye. Um, and these are just the regular customers. You know, when I say goodbye to you guys, if I ever do. I think we'll be balling. But yes, I understand um, that there, there's a difference. However, I also feel like, and again, I, it's hard for me to comment since I didn't listen to the podcast. Right. You know, obviously there are, there are some people in the past who are related to the store with whom I don't get along. And I feel like of all the people who would criticize me, I, I would think they take this as a wonderful opportunity to do so. You know what? I, there's one person. I'm sorry to cut you off, but there's there's a, one person I I assume you're you're speaking of, Matt Casey, former former employee. Bill, I want to get your take because I, I didn't feel that he really played into exactly what you're describing. I mean, what was what was your take on it? You know, again, like you had brought up, I think a lot of the criticisms have come from a good place. Um, you know, and Anthony, uh, you know, what he's trying to get out is, you know, basically the the people who worked at this store maybe have a little bit more of an intimate knowledge of how things are done. 
Um, and I think that that guides a lot of the criticism and they're not really criticism so much as, you know, certainly opinions that, you know, it, it, you know, if this was the policy, stick to the policy and, and things like that. And I, and I don't think, uh, uh, Matt said anything that was too, uh, I don't remember him saying anything that was too, uh, crazy, although it's while, what was his episode two or three? He was, uh, four. Yeah. He was early yeah, on. Yeah. So early on, I, I, you know, you know, distant memory right now. I don't remember exactly. But if you're thinking of the it Matt. It wasn't the same as the documentary. I'll tell you yeah, that right now. Yeah, that's the thing. If you're thinking right. of the Matt in the documentary, it, it was different. This was a person who was a few years He's older. Removed. Right. He's, he's now married. He's uh, He's got a, a, a different job. I mean, I think the Matt that you caught on film was a very angry person at the time. Um, angry about, you know, maybe that the wounding that he had at the store for whatever reason but was definitely a lot fresher in his mind. And he had, you know, an axe to grind. And that came out on film. Um, whereas he's a different different person he's, he's speaking from a different place now no from from i understand what you're getting at and i understand that you guys especially the the inner circle well, i'll say has a more of a, a, a vested interest is really not the way i want to phrase it an but, interest for sure yeah and you're surrounded by very intelligent people yeah don't get you know yeah i mean everybody here has a graduate degree of some sort we're overqualified but i guess that maybe that's why it's also frustrating because uh the number of people we have to deal with who aren't very intelligent let's face it i mean 95% of the people that shop here, you know, I will miss them. Um, they're good people, and, and so many of them came by to say goodbye, just to say goodbye. Um, Did that surprise you? You seem surprised by that. That, uh, that, was, uh, that was, I have to admit, in the past few days, I was a little surprised. You know, people I hadn't seen in a long time just came by to say. I'm not surprised at all. You know, it just, I, I again, I didn't realize I had that much of an impact. Mm-hmm. But. But yes, uh, yeah, you, you guys do have, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to say standing to criticize or to put in your two cents. You know? I think I think the reason people, you know, ha- have voiced their opinion is because, like Anthony had said, we all have this, this interest in the store, almost that feeling of ownership. And, you know, certainly, hey, if I was an owner, this is how I would do things and this is how I do different things differently. Um, I don't think anybody has come out and said, oh, well, you know, he's an idiot for doing it this way and I would do it this way. Um, it's always been, you know, this is how I would do it. And, you know, in some cases it's pretty logical, uh, some of the things that have been brought up. You know, not to harp on this, but I think what maybe might be fueling some of it is again, this, you know, what launched this whole creative endeavor is the fact that the store is closing. So, you know, Bill, you tell me what you think. Maybe part of it is we're sad the store is closing and the feeling is like, well, if you had done this or that or the other thing. Maybe it wouldn't be closing. Right. Maybe you would have had more free time and you would have kept the store going. I think that's probably behind a, a lot good of bit of it. That's possible. I don't know that I would have, I mean, you know, you know how much I'm paying in rent. Mm-hmm. It's twice as much as everybody out here. I mean, he kept raising it every year. Besides, so, you know, it, not that the store is struggling. I mean, honestly, I could keep the store going if I had to, but uh, I was tired and I always felt like, you know, again, while, while 95% of people are great, Look at look at look at our, our reserves and how many people have screwed us over. For okay, the, okay, this end. is great because somebody brought this up early on in one of the episodes. Was that basically, you know, it, it, if you're tired and you don't want to do this anymore, that's fine. Let's say that uh, rather than come out and say, well, it's it's everybody else's fault, but mine. I mean, nobody's saying it's your fault at all, but instead of saying that, just say, listen, I've done this for 23 years. It's time for me to uh, move on. Well, I guess I feel like it's a combination again. I've done this for 23 years. I'm tired. At the same time, maybe I wouldn't be so tired of people that screw me over right, so, so it's much. Yeah. <laughs> it's but that's fair. But yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Would you agree? Is it fair to say that maybe the closing announcement was a bit disingenuous in this sense that that maybe you know singling out the customers who who 
as you said, left you in the lurch, that maybe that was just, again, symptomatic of, of a larger frustration because it's like closing the store because people don't pick up their stuff. Like that's not really a proportionate response. That's like the nuclear option. It's like a few people, <laughs> a few people didn't pick up their stuff. I'm closing. Well, that's Steve. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> but, but at the same time, you have to understand that I listed, what, half a dozen people. That's just at that particular point in time, over 23 years, that half a dozen was actually a few hundred. And we're not talking about people leaving me $20 or $50 debts. We're talking about $300, $500, $600. These are people who say they're going to come and pick it up. You call them and say, oh, I'll be in. And then they never come. Or their phone is suddenly disconnected. Or you call the one guy and says, oh, you know what? I don't want it anymore. That was 197 So anyway, um, and, I, and I don't forget. Steve, I don't ever forget. So I mean, I, obviously when we closed somebody's account, I wrote down what they left us with and how much it was so that I always have this information. So, uh, you know, what you just mentioned implicates a couple of the store policies. And I don't I don't really want to get bogged down in that because you discussed that in your first episode. It's been discussed. But, you know, with respect to, again, enforcing your reserve policy or taking deposits. But, I, you know, credit where credit is due, Steve Odo. I am truly impressed by the way you have sold and moved the fixtures out of the store because you priced them to move. You required a down payment and you imposed a deadline by which they had to be removed from the store. You did a bang up job. But we only sold half of it. <laughs> you, no, that's, I don't think that's entirely true. I have to give the other half away. <laughs> but well, but there, there you go. There it is. But you gave it away. You gave it away. You don't donate comic books. I do. You don't know that. <laughs> I, I do donate comic books. To the school? To different schools, libraries, uh, uh, charitable organizations. Sure. In fact, uh, one of the guys who came by to say goodbye uh, it, it works with the New York uh, public school system. So I said, sure, we'll stay in touch. You know, when I get this stuff organized, I have tons of stuff to give to you. All right. Did you know he, he did that? Actually, I didn't know that, Steve. I do all kinds of stuff you guys don't know. I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us. Well, that's the thing. Um, you know, I, I feel like I know you well, but maybe I don't know you well. I mean, well, I don't know if you share an, a lot about your personal life, well, um, the, for better the, or worse. You know, there's that old Japanese expression, like Japanese have three faces. They have the face that they show to the world. They have the face that they show to their closest friends and family. And then they have their true face, which nobody sees. But um, do you worry that 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 first face, the face that people see, is going to you know impact uh, the future of you know your relationships with people? Do you know? Do you do you feel that the friends really know that you're friends with them, or do you feel that uh, you've been standoffish so much so that these people are afraid to contact you or stay in touch with you because they don't really know necessarily how they stand? No, I think I think I've always been friendly to the people that I I think are good people that I'd like to stay friends with. And again, there's a pile of papers there. People have left me their information to stay in touch. It's not to sell them stuff. It's just because they want to stay in touch. No, absolutely. Um, again, the I'll say call the inner circle. I figure, I figure that we'll all stay close for a while, anyways. But I mean, uh, on a on a downer, I guess after I just turned fifty nine. After all these years, I've found that. As time goes on, life goes on, and everybody has their own thing going. And sooner or later, I don't want to say sooner or later, but uh, as time goes on, the closeness and the connections won't be as strong as they are today or they were a year or five years ago. Um, I mean, look at all the guys who used to hang out here all the time, much like you guys, but like, well, I'll, I'll say Roby. You know, I miss Roby. You know, as a kid who watched through high school, grow up from high school, college, um, Went off, was a paralegal for a little bit, uh, decided to fly off to Australia and basically moved back to Seattle or someplace. And we never see him, never hear from him. But he was a fixture of this place. 
and um, even Brian O'Day. You know, he was a guy who was here all the time. When we had that big blackout on the East Coast, and he got home from work, and there's no power in, in, in New York at all, he came here. Uh, they sat outside playing magic till the sun went down. Then they all turned on their headlights and faced the store so they can continue to play in the night. I mean, you know, this was a place for him to come to. Now we never see the guy. Are you hurt by that in any no, way? No, because I, I understand that people, you know, things things move on. I mean, you know, I mean, I love Steph. She's great. But now, now that you're going out with Steph, we don't see you that much. Uh, Drew got married. Drew used to be here all the time. True. You know, and he married a great girl. It was a great wedding. But uh, I understand that, you know, he's... He's got to coordinate buying a new apartment and uh, doing the construction work and all that, and he's got things to do. Yeah, it's 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 life. I know you've often described it as as being a school teacher, and I do think that's an apt comparison. Um, and to sort of take it a step further, you know, school teacher in the sense that you know people come through and they might be part of the store in the community for a period of time, and then they move on to you know the next stage of their life. And and again, to take it a little bit further, because I, I, I do think about this, you know, we're all optimistic that again the dinners will continue and all of that but you know there's always the chance that it could be like when you graduate school and you know you're with all your classmates it's like oh we'll keep in touch i'll see you soon and then for whatever reason it just it doesn't happen so you know i mean what do you you feel well look i mean me and drew met through this store and i think we're best friends and i you know i talk to him all the time uh you know and you know i I don't have you know as many close relationships with other people from the store but i I feel like you know anthony if i call you we can have a great conversation for like two hours on the phone and it's like you know again like no time has passed and we having a great conversation and i think um you know with with the in the absence of the store the store facilitated all this and you know certainly uh the the ease to know exactly where to find these people when to find these people um i think it'll be a little harder i just want to follow up on this idea of keeping in touch because so i had metalhead on last week and he made a couple of interesting observations, and Steve, I really want to get your take on this because uh, he sort of binged the whole podcast, and he had a couple of, of observations. And one of them was that a number of people in the podcast have said they're not sure if they'll see you after this, at least on a, on a, a me, regular me personally. You personally, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, even Jay Mizell in that same episode, I had Jay <laughs> in a separate conversation, and you know, here's a guy who's been having lunch with you every Monday and Thursday for years. And Doug and I asked him, like, are you going to see Steve after the store closes? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, does it, I don't know, does it strike you as odd that people are unsure and that they're also, like, they're not sur- surprised that they might not see you? Well, I guess it, it's, it's, again, one of those things where it, it's so far ahead to me that I haven't thought about it. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, it, obviously there's no, there'll be no regularity since there's no store to come to. But uh, no, but I mean, not so much. Will we see you? But I mean, more just this idea of like people. People are really saying like, I don't know if we'll see Steve again. Does that? I mean, does that strike you as odd, or no? Maybe a little odd, a little odd. I mean, I guess if nothing else, I think it's it's you guys when you move on to your your, let's say next stage of life. So you know, will we stay in touch? I hope so. But uh, do I need to know everything in your personal life? Eh, post some puppy pictures on something on Facebook, and I'll be happy to look at your little videos. That's all. I think I'll be more uh, apt to contact you now that the store is gone, only because, you know, I'm always afraid to call you or text you. you I texted you the other day. You said texting on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, you know, and I think that's, a you know, a genuine concern that I always have when I think about you and I think about talking to you. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I know he's busy. You know, I don't want to bother him. 
Oh. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll bother you more often now. Okay. All right. I called Jay the other day, and he's like, why are you calling me? <laughs> so I just wanted to, just wanted to chat. He's like, you, gotta, you don't need it. <laughs> he's very straight, you know, weirded out by the fact that I would just want to shoot yeah. the shit with him on the phone. Not, not to sow any salt, but in your announcement, you uh, declared victory. Oh, you yeah. Know, Jay outlived you. He's, he's still running. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's still running strong well, with that job. Well, technically. Technically, he's so still So he's got around. an asterisk? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, like, uh, as far as uh, a physical location. But anyway, I, I guess I look at it and say, we're the, we were the last real comic book store where it's not, you know, half gaming or not half sport cards. We were just a comic book store with trades and hardcovers, statues, action figures, all related to this stuff. And, and a huge variety of comics. I'm not, I'm not putting a plug in for the store, but I was very proud of that, that we had a lot of stuff. Speaking of being proud, I mean, what else are you proud of with respect to the store? My legacy? <laughs> what do you consider your legacy? Well, we talked about this before. and I guess I, Again, you, you caught me by surprise when you asked me the first one. Because I hadn't, again, it's not something that I think about. Um, I guess I had time to think about it. You know what? I guess it only struck me, I guess, in the past couple of weeks when people started coming in here and uh, uh, talking about how much the store has meant to them. I know a lot of these people on a personal basis. You know, I know when somebody's wife has gotten sick or I know when the uh, death in the family or, you know, they're off to vacation or something like that. Um, but, you know, for them to, to come by and say goodbye, and I realize that it's not so much the store, but it's the people, you know, the lives that are affected. After the store's gone, and realistically, after I'm gone, you know, somewhere along the way, some people will think back and say, like, oh, I remember Steve Odo, you know. Steve, he, that's your legacy. Yeah, that's. Right there. That's the legacy. Yeah, the, 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 people, the people are my legacy. And it's like, you know Absolutely. what? I guess I didn't do such a bad job. So I'm very happy about that. You guys are my legacy. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> you two, you know, we had a lot of good kids come through the store, like, you know, number. I don't know if I name names, but number 30, you know, he's a good kid in high school. He went to college, went to medical school, and he's a doctor. He's married. I've known him for a long time. You know, his parents did a really good job raising him. Um, number 82, you know, he's a kid, again, high, junior high school, high school. He's a cop now. He's a good kid, married. You know, you're glad to have known them. But you two are kind of special to me because, um, like, I don't know if you remember when you applied to law school and I filled out the application. And I wrote to them, and I said, um, because my father knew you well, knew you both well. But in your case, he had said to me once, we should adopt Anthony. Which, you know, to, for my father, who's a very strict, old-fashioned guy, that's a, an incredible compliment to you. And I took it as such and was yeah. very honored. I mean, I, you know, Bill and I both, I mean, held your father in, in the highest mm -hmm. regard. But I remember writing that on the application saying, listen, if my father says that about this kid, you want him for your law school. Um, and, you know, again, I've watched you grow up from a little kid in high school and you know, college and law school. And then you, Bill, you know, high school, college, uh, graduate school. You know, you're, you're a professor, for God's sakes, now, you know. Um, you know, the, well, the, you know, the fact that you've done the movie and, the, and, the, and all, the, all the writings that you've done and now this podcast, you know, and, and, and the fact that you've come all the way from New Mexico to help us move and close out. You know, it's, uh, I got to tell you, I'm so proud of you guys. You know, Steve, I love you, man. Yeah. I love you, you too. Know, you, I you, love both you guys. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're like, your, your family should be very proud of you. I've always been proud of you. Thanks, Steve.
Yo me voy a decir. We, did we, were we not talking about at lunch how Steve was like a father? Absolutely. And I, you know, I mean, I wrote an email recently to the whole group. I said, you know, Harry was our grandfather. I mean, he really was. Hmm. But so proud of you guys. No, thank you. So when I wrote your your reference on your on your gun application, <laughs> I wrote that you were like a second father. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> uh, so you know, again, as far as legacies. I'm 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 proud of what the store was and what it was what it meant for people. Um, proud of the, the you know the guys that came out of it, and I know you guys are going to be you know great people. And uh, whether I'm around or not, it doesn't really matter. You're going to go do good things. Yeah, when you, you know. started this 23 years ago, I'm sure you didn't even know any of this would have happened. No, no, I just thought it was cool to have a comic book store. Yeah. How wrong I was. <laughs> I mean, since we're getting emotional, I mean, I, I mean, Steve, I, I, you know, you referenced the documentary and all the other stuff I did. I mean, I did feel hurt when you did the other documentary and I know you can justify why, but on a personal level and just, again, like going into this whole thing of what the store has meant to us and, and my time here doing the movie, I mean, professionally, creatively, like I got a lot out of it, no doubt about it. But I mean, at the end of the day, it, it meant a lot to me for a very very personal reason and i mean i felt i did and do feel hurt well, yeah i'm sorry about that i guess my the way i had looked at it was in in a way it, well your your documentary i guess is the definitive documentary of the store because it covers all the people and the different aspects of it what that what made alternate realities what it was but my thinking is like if there are a hundred documentaries about the store it doesn't matter yours was the definitive one and um you know, no, 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 nobody else is close enough to uh, to understand the heart of it, the people. And as, uh, obviously now, we, as we're saying, it's the people that made this store. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, again, I, I apologize to you. I'm sorry that it hurt you. I guess it made me very uncomfortable. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But let's face it, your documentary was incredible. I don't know, did you happen to tell him about that, the meeting of the the guy? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, the guy saw it. Yeah. Bill, uh, you met a you, Bill. You met a comic shop owner in where was it? So, 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 uh, Brad, if you're listening, uh, so in El Paso, Texas, uh, I, you know, Lee and I, you know, live in in New Mexico. We go to El Paso all the time, and uh, I'm always in search for a new comic book store. Talking about buying comic books anywhere, it's not the same, but you know, sometimes you just need a fix. And uh, every comic book store in that Southwest area has been very disappointing. And so when we found a new comic book shop. Um, we passed a new comic shop. I ran in and I said, you know, let me just check it out. It's going to be probably disappointing. And, uh, you know, I, I opened the door and I closed it immediately. I got Leah and Logan, my son out of the car. And I said, you got to come in here. It's a real comic book store. And sure enough, it was. And, you know, we talked to the owner for about a half hour or so, uh, before we got, you know, he'd asked me, you know, you know, how do you know so much about comics? I said, well, I worked at a comic shop for many years. He said, oh yeah, we're at, I said, oh, it's up in New York. He said, I just saw a documentary about a comic shop up in New York with this Chinese guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all look alike. Oh. Yeah. And it was really funny. You know, having a, it was sur- a surreal experience having a conversation with an intelligent conversation about you with somebody who's never met you and just saw the documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty amazing. And he got a lot out of it. You know, he had a lot of interesting insights and, and questions about, you know, the business and, and, and how you run things and about your clientele. He was very... Uh, very inquisitive about your clientele 
like well, Jeff Wong because they're crazy. Oh no, no, <laughs> wanting to know you know about the you know the age group that you you see up here in New York is it different or the same that, that he sees things like that. Mm. Well, this has been cathartic. I mean, I'm glad we talked about it. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, because I have I have addressed this just briefly a couple of times in, in other episodes, and I actually talked about it in in the last episode and. You know, what I said was, and I meant it then and I mean it now, is even though I was hurt by it, it didn't erase everything that's come before. And that's, I mean, why I was here today, I want to talk about today and and what the past few weeks have been like with the move out and everything. But I mean, that's why I was here today, because, you know, that's, you know, it just doesn't go away. Well, I guess, you know, again, maybe it's, I I don't think about it, but I always thought we're kind of like family. And you always have, I mean, my father, you guys were witness to some of the fights I had with my father, but I love that man. Mm-hmm. I miss him every day. Life is so hard without him. He's been gone five years. Um, but you don't stop loving somebody about that, you know? No. That's, uh, you know, we have our disagreements, butt heads. Every time I make a box, I hate to say it, I think of your father. Your father was the first person to show me how to make a box. <laughs> and uh, I think of him all the time. I remember one time, I think this was when I was, I probably late high school, or maybe it was going into law school, I forget exactly, but um, it was a Wednesday before you showed up with the delivery, and he told me if I needed help paying for school, he would help me. I mean, that was uh, just that, that generosity was just in everything he did. Hmm. Um, so we, I mean, all, you know, love and, and, and miss him terribly. On a lighter note, so <laughs> I've, I've always maintained this, so... On Wednesday, so one of the things that your dad would do is he would he would help on Wednesdays with the the, the new shipment, the breakdown, and uh, you would always tell him don't break down the outer box until we check for damages because if, if books are damaged, we might have to you know note which box it was, and he would always break it down the second he could, and I still maintain he, that was his way of having a little bit of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he forgot. Like I think he knew <laughs> it was just his thing, and I loved it. It's very possible. It's very possible. For all those uh, people out there, you know, if your dads are still alive, you know, listen to what they have to teach you. Learn as much as you can. Because one day you're going to have a question and you would say, yeah, I'll wait for him to come home. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask him. And it's like, it's not going to happen. You know, in terms of being emotional, it's funny because, you know, I want to shift and sort of talk about these final days of the store and what comes next. But, you know, we've been watching the store empty out. And uh, it reminds me very much of a year ago when my parents sold my childhood home. And... You know, week mm. after week, it, it got emptier and emptier. And then that final day, you know, I stayed behind after everyone else left. And I took like 15 minutes to myself. And I just went room to room. And uh, it, it was cathartic, eerie. Um, and, you know, it's, it was just, it's like, you you know, you see everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you see all those memories, everything you've experienced. And um, that's sort of what I feel like here. I don't know if it's 100% hit me yet. I think once it's completely empty... It will, and and I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll see all those things. I'll see, you know, myself bagging and boarding back issues, or right. putting a new, uh, you know, a new stack of comics on the wall, or or most of all, I think, you know, I don't know, standing behind the register, leaning leaning on the register, you know, and, and talking to someone while I ring them up, or leaning against the bookcase as we gather here, you know, before dinner. Right. What do you see, Bill? I, I mean, uh, you know, everything you bring up. I mean, uh, I think, yeah, you know, I don't think it's it, it either. And I think a large part of that is because the fixtures are still in place. Um, I think once these, you know, are mostly gone, I think it'll all sink in. It's, 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 you know, right now it's empty. It's empty ink. Um, but when it's empty, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to feel. 
I mean, I like I lived here when when uh, we all lived here. Well, no, but I meant like literally when after uh, Hurricane uh, Sandy, when my my house didn't have power and there was a you, tree on it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I spent and I didn't sleep here, but I was here. You yeah. know, I would come when you were closing, and I would stay after you left and watch TV and use the internet, and uh, you know, and I'd go home very late just to go to sleep. I was here when I got my my bar exam results. It was during that time. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I have slept here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to, that's the thing, you know, the dedication to the stores. I would come here, it would be a blizzard, but I had a sleeping bag, and I figured there's an A&P supermarket next door. Yeah. I had heat, I had television, I had a microwave in the back, so I could cook, and I said, you know what, I can bag books all night long, and I would do it till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, sleep on the floor, and uh, not worry about, you know, getting killed on the, on the road. Never do that. If you own a comic book store, <laughs> never do that. Just yeah. go home. It's not worth it. This isn't even the, in the same league as either of those stories. But, you know, I remember uh, I had got my wisdom teeth taken out. Uh, and the next day I came to work here. Um, <laughs> I was in bed. I had two Mountain Dew cans on my face. Because I was like, oh, I got this. I could do this. And I, you know, I went home later that night. And then uh, you and Drew came over. Uh, you guys had bought me a piece of tiramisu. And you came over and hung out with me for a few minutes. <laughs> Bill, I mean, I have to say that story doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me what you've done in these closing days, which we'll talk about in a second. But I would argue, and Steve, you weigh in on this. I don't think anyone else's love for the store, as much as we all do love it, I think, you, you know, you're at the top there. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I love yeah. this place. I mean, you came all the way in from New Mexico to, to help us move. I wish I came earlier. If you, and quite frankly, again, you know, both of you, without your help today... Moving so much stuff, I don't think we could have done it. It's it's. I, I've I've actually said this to Anne like at the at the end of Wrath of Khan when the Enterprise is hobbling away from the Reliant, it's about to blow up. Sulu looks and goes, "We're not going to make it, are we?" And that's really the way I felt the past couple of days. And I say, "Geez, you know, because I've been packing this stuff, moving over to storage, putting in storage, trying to coordinate it so it's some sort of order on the other end." But it was like a one man job. And uh, when you came in to help and you pushed me, actually, to, to let's get a little bit more in, let them more in. You know, I thought the pace you're going, you're going to burn out by midday. But, uh, but you know, and then when you showed up with all those muscles, you know. They're pretty big. What's the, what's the point of lifting all these weights <laughs> if I can't move some long boxes? <laughs> <laughs> but, Bill, I mean, yeah, you came straight from the airport. From the airport, from directly from the airport to this store with Leah in the car. I mean, we came directly from the We dropped off Logan. or we're, You know, Leah's mother picked us up. Uh, we dropped Logan off. We took the car, came right here. We ate lunch really quick, and we started working. I yeah. started working. I mean, yeah, you. so you were here yesterday. You got here 7 o'clock this morning. So you, you really put in a full day. I came in yeah. in the afternoon. Um, I wasn't going to miss this. This is... Uh, Even if I was mad at you, <laughs> <laughs> I still wasn't going to miss this. But uh, yeah, we had a... We today had, was a great a, day. We had a today. full day. It was today fun. Today was a great day. So we... <laughs> all right, so we got to set this up. Um because again, the you know when people hear about the store, um, again the two questions: why is he closing? We've addressed that, and the other big question: what is he going to do next? So, do you want to just give? What are you going to do? What is the plan? My my, my plan is to uh, uh, try to organize it such that I can every day. Um, again, uh, whether this works or not, I don't know. But every day, I like to take some maybe two dozen items and list them on eBay. Uh, I'll just take a big mug of ice water. And um, a little sandwich, and uh, go over to the warehouse every day. 
um, the warehouse where you where we store are moving and have yeah. have moved by this point <laughs> most yeah. of uh, most of the stock. Yeah, unfortunately, it's so much stuff. We've had to take a third room out. And um, yeah, you have three storage units at Wessie's. I'm, I'm their best customer. They love me. They see me every day. <laughs> yeah, when we were done today, they gave us bottles of water. Yeah, it was great. great. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and again, I look at everything and said it's all been paid for. Uh, I have no more overhead except for these warehouse rooms. So uh, if but I the, the storage units are not they're not cheap cheap. But again, if I coordinate well, I should be able to do it right. I and mean, if again, I'll put out. I'll put out, like, I say, a $100 statue, and I'm not going to look to get $100 for it. I'm not going to look for $90. You know, I'll just put it out for, say, here, it's $55. You know, get my money back or whatever it is, but just free up. the. It's so much product. There's enough product to, even at 25 items a day, five days a week, so I can actually take a Saturday, Sunday off. Um, I Right now, I say it's going to take me two years, but as I've learned with when we were estimating how much space we need for this, you got to double anything you estimate. So I'm thinking four years to actually clear out all those rooms. I mean, you basically set up a store there. So today, so what we moved to the warehouse today were all of the long and short boxes underneath the back issue bins and in the back room containing uh, overstock trade paperbacks and back issues. Uh, how many, I mean, how many boxes do you think we, we moved? <laughs> I don't even know. It's got to be hundreds. 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 Easily hundreds. Yeah. But you essentially set up stores. So for the listeners, I, I took pictures and a little bit of iPhone video of, of these units. So uh, I'll be posting those on the Facebook page so people can see what we're talking about. But it's organized extremely well. And it looks like the comic shop. looks better than it, the comic it shop. It looks like the shop. It looks better than the shop. It looks better. Yeah. It's organized better. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but I mean, basically, so between having all of the merchandise, essentially almost paying rent, it's like you still have the store, but not the people. It's a, it's a, <laughs> not it's, the people. The rent is a fraction of the rent. And yes, maybe I'll drag Jay along once in a while, so it'll be like old times. So, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I plan to post about, say, 25 items a day. Um, if they average at 5 to $10 a piece, I figured that maybe we were looking at getting about $1,000 or so a week. And that's more than enough to take care of the rent and you know free up some cash. Now, Bill, you've done your fair share of eBaying. Mm-hmm. That does that. I mean, how does that sound? Yeah, I, I think twenty five is a lot. But you know, you know, I don't. I, I've never eBayed uh, with nothing else to do. You know, I always have a full time job. Full, you know, full time. You know, being married with a kid. Um, I think you're, you know, underestimating the time for for packing, for shipping, going to the post office, things like that. Because uh, not everything that will they pick up. Um, but you know, I, I think it's going to get done. I think you're the kind of person who's going to get it done. I, um, but I, 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 you know, just like you told me today in terms of, uh, you know, not trying to do too much at once, you know, maybe start off small and work your way up to the 25 and, you know, see how it goes. That's the difference. I think, as you say, you know, you have a full-time job. Mm -hmm. This is going to be my full-time job. And it seems like you want that because I mean, you probably could have blown more stuff out here or tried to find a wholesaler for some of it. I mean, I mean, do you... Are you looking forward to going through everything and s- listing it and selling it? Yeah, I used to say that one of the joys of having a comic book store was that you don't know what you have. I mean, you kind of know it's within this 1,500 square feet, but I have no idea where it is. What's um, the best thing you found during these final weeks? These weeks? Um, well, those Avengers that you found this morning. Yeah, I mean, that was crazy. Avengers yeah. 10 and 11 just sitting on a box. Yeah, not even in a bag and a board. Just, just there. <laughs> Just hanging out <laughs> in some box of back issues. Uh, I mean, years ago, we found a Fantastic Four number six at the bottom of a milk crate. It was like a pile of stuff, and the last book on the, on the pile was FF4. I mean, not a no bag and board. It was just the, the plastic grating making a nice impression of that cover. But, you know, you come across all kinds of weird stuff. And um, 
I, I kind of look forward to uh, going through these boxes and saying, oh, there it is. I knew we had one. <laughs> if only I could remember who wanted that 20 years ago. <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, I mean, how, like ballpark, what, how much are you spending on the, those three units? Um, the basic unit we had was 670 a month, 300 square feet. The second unit we took is roughly 850 a month, also 300 square, f- 300 square feet. However, it's located closer to the loading dock and has a um, lift gate yes. door. But that, I was able to get enough of a, of a deal that it works out to be some $500 and change average over six months. So that's why my goal is to clear out that second room before the end of the year. And, um, and that's why I put only the big things in there that I can just slap a tag on and get rid of, not the individual comic books. The third room is running, is 100 square feet, runs about uh, 300 and change. The, uh, the 100 square foot room is only a temporary staging area for me where we just threw everything in today. I hope that uh, over the next 30 days I can um, uh, slowly you know, dribble that into the main room so that I can get rid of that uh, third room. The main room also includes a couple of Odo family chairs and, a, and an old television. I mean, just, just between us, the three of us here and the listeners. But the three of us here, I mean, are you planning to like live here? I'm, kind of, I'm a little worried. <laughs> I, you know what <laughs> are is, you? <laughs> I want to have a comfortable chair in the warehouse. I figure I'm going to spend a lot of hours there. It's a lot of sentimentality, too. I mean, we had that big TV, 27-inch TV, which way back used to be like a $1,000 TV. And it's just one of these big monster ways a ton type of uh, machines. Honestly, you know, I I was thinking about bringing it here when we have our give it away, you know, everything sells for a dollar sale. That's tomorrow, right? Yeah. Saturday? And, I, you know, I really wonder, would anybody buy this antique, te- not antique, but, you know. A, was it 90s? Yeah, it's uh, for for a dollar. For a dollar. I you, don't know. Bill, you'd buy it just to smash it. Yeah, you see, that's <laughs> the thing. Yeah, it just, it just seems like, yeah, throw it off, off the top of a building or something. Throw it <laughs> in the dumpster. Yeah, it's just, you know, I hate, I hate waste. If Bill, I hear, if Bill or someone else, let's say you brought it in and you did that, you put it out for sale for a dollar, and Bill or someone else said, here's a dollar, I'm going to buy it to throw it out, would you sell it? Yeah, I guess I would. Sale is a sale. Would you? I feel <laughs> like you wouldn't, though. I don't think you would. You would not, not sell it. You wouldn't sell well, it. You know what it is? I, I, I realize, you know, we were talking about doing a lot of uh, garage sales this summer, again, because I have now the time. And we have a lot of stuff, as you know, and the house and uh, as well as, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I thought, gee, if I take that, realistically, I know that if I put that TV out on the, on the driveway as part of a garage sale and I put it out for $10, nobody's going to buy it. It's hard for me to part with stuff of my father. You know, my mother's still around, but not really. And, um, like even here, you know, there, there's still signs that you see, well, Bill saw a lot of stuff that he signs, he wrote in his handwriting. He's looking at it and saying, it brings back good memories. There are a lot of signs that my father wrote and uh, I can't bring myself to sell those away, even though it's, you know, what is it? It's, uh, the, the idea that he's gone and will never be able to write something like regular boards and slap it on the side of a box Mm -hmm. that, uh, that bothers me a lot. So uh, let me let me keep that. On a lighter note, as far as signs go, Bill, one of our favorite stories is uh, during one of the times that Steve was away, I think in Japan, right? Yeah, you went to Japan quite often. Well, we bought a lot of Pokemon, so we had to do it. It was business, but right. also seeing family. Yeah. But one of the main, th- what was one of the main things you would do when you would, you would come I, in, you'd take over the store? I would take over the store. I would run the store early on when I went first went to graduate school. Uh, and again, that was coming off of working at the store every day, you know, five days a week. So I was, you know, I was one of the guys. And so, you know, you would call me in and, you know, I would work at the, uh, I would, I would man the ship, the crab boat. It wasn't <laughs> called the crab boat back then. 
but I would man things. And, uh, yeah, I set up a table in the front of the store with, uh, you know, make me an offer Steve's away. And that happened every time, you know, we would sell the miscellaneous items that, you know, were unsellable, uh, recently. And then at the end of one of the sales, I mean, who knows, you know, when the sale was, you know, Anthony's like, let's put this sign in the box. So we had the signs printed out for it. Just like we have signs printed out for anything. He's like, put it in here and we'll see what happens. You know, what was it? 10 years later? Yeah. yeah, Years (laughs) went by. I forgot about it, but I, I, you know, I open up my, uh, I I don't know if you texted it to me or you put it on my Facebook wall, but when I saw you holding that sign, like memories flooded back, like you would not believe. And, and it couldn't have happened better. Like how it was discovered. You discovered the sign. And I was here when Anthony was here. Oh my, it was like the, (laughs) Steve has no memory of this. No, I I remember pulling out the saying, what the hell is this? You know, Steve's away in Japan sale. (laughs) I'm a fan of the long game. I was like, this yeah, is great. I was, like, we'll, long. I was like, we'll put it in a box. It'll get buried. And one day you'll find it. Yeah. So here, what, 10 years later, it's like, I, I'm sitting inside and he starts laughing like a hey, cackling, you know? And, uh, oh, I loved it. It was great. You still uh, love that sign? I, I don't know where it is. That's I don't somewhere. think. I, well, I have like, the like picture anything, of it. Uh, yes, like true. anything else, I don't throw away anything. So I probably will have that sign that I'll find again when I start cleaning up again. Yep. But um, I, I mean, I know you guys had sales when I wasn't around. You know, we weren't I, throwing stuff away. Yeah, no, no. I, I, but I don't know. All Where I, were we getting all I ever said, stuff? all I ever said was, "Don't tell me what you sold," <laughs> <laughs> because, like anything else, there's so much stuff here that you know. We joke that if we took one long box of comic books and threw it in the dumpster every night, we could have done that for months, would and I wouldn't know. even notice that it was gone. That's how much stuff we had. And that's how much stuff we moved. We today. still have. Yeah, and that's after I got rid of what, 50, 75 long boxes of stuff last year. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff. We're still a lot of stuff. We're surrounded by this stuff, and we only have a few days. Talking about those back issue bins. So yesterday, you know, and just some of the downtime, trying to relax and, and strategize and things. You know, I took down that metal shelving uh, that was, you know, attached to the back issue bins that oh, we yeah. used to hold up, you know, miscellaneous toys. And I'm thinking to myself, Harry Yoda put these up. Oh, you know, and huh. I'm taking them down and it was just like a surreal thing. And again, I think about your dad all the time and, you know, you know, we, we said it several times tonight. It's, it was, it's his mark is all over the store. I mean, he did a lot of the handiwork jobs. Yeah. He was very um, handy. Yeah. He was yeah. great. Uh, especially which allowed freed up your time to do other things and everybody else too. Uh, you know, he would just, you know, come in and do it around everybody else yeah. and he got the job done mm-hmm. and, and done very well when it came to, you know, yeah. anything with his hands. I guess, you know, I mean, part, part of the reasons I, I, I don't mind getting out of retail is because I'm a little tired of people. What happened was a couple of days ago, I guess it was, a young girl came in here looking for, uh, a college-age girl, looking for a, a, a Japanese manga. I think it was called, uh, what was it, Read or Die, number of uh, volume. Oh, she wanted, but we've already packed this stuff up and taken it to storage. So I said, well, we only have one volume. It's volume one. And he goes, well, that's the one I want. And I saw it here last time, and I didn't buy it. Like, I don't know why you don't buy it then, but... Anyway, so I said, okay, I'll go to the warehouse. I'll bring it in. He says, okay, well, I, I won't be here to, I'm going away, so I won't be here to pick it up, but uh, my father will come get it. So I said, okay. So I you know, we went to the warehouse next time, and then I, one of the things in my little notes of things to do while I was there was get this book and get, get it back to the store because I didn't want to just forget altogether. So I brought it back and I'm sitting here, and today in, in the midst of our moving and the chaos, the, the old fellow comes along and he wants it, uh, the reader die, and we found it for him. Um, but he comes over to me because we're closing, and he says, uh, are you having a closeout discount? And I was like, well, no. I said, I announced that we're closing five months ago. We've had sales, 10% off, 25% off, even when the anniversary of Dad's death in June, June 3rd, we made it 50% off. Now so we're out of here. 
And uh, he was all kind of huffy about it because uh, I, I got the impression that it's like, oh, well, I, I'm surprised you're not giving me a discount. I said, I don't have to give a discount. I said, who is this guy? So I, I went a little nuts. But, it's a, you know, it's the, the, the folks who know me and who have shopped here were, were glad they got to witness it. I, I haven't think. seen that in so long. Yeah, that side be, of you. Because everybody's joking that, you know, now that I've mellowed out and my kung fu is weak and all that, I don't oh. yell at people as much. But I think it's a great irony. It's almost like if there was a god... He sent this one customer in it to be my last customer. I think he was the last customer. To, to the last customer I ever have to deal with. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> that, that he came in to remind me why I want to close the store. And so I'm screaming at this guy about, you're exactly the kind of reason why I want to get out of this business, why I hate retail. And, you know, it's like, you're a vulture. You know, I was like, well, you're making such a big deal about it. And so I, I said, what did I say? I don't, I don't remember. You refused to sell him the book. I, well, yeah. I mean, I said, okay, you know what? I don't even want to sell you the book. I mean, what's this ten dollars? And he wants it at a discount. This is ten dollars, and it's nothing. So, uh, what? I, I guess I went a little nuts. I said something like, "No, now he said, well, you don't want to sell it to my daughter.' I said, "Well, you're your daughter's representative, and, and you know, I didn't say you're an ass, but I said, now you're just going to have to go home and tell her, tell her that daddy doesn't love you.' You did yeah. say that, yeah. Wow. And it's like, you know, obviously, what's he going to do? You know, have me shut down? <laughs> Too late. <laughs> have but, you have you messed with anybody? I know it's not really for, your style. For but fun? <laughs> yeah, like in these final, or even Bill, when you answer the phone today, I'm like, I'll mess with them. It's like, what are you, nothing to lose. <laughs> what time are you up to? Oh, eight o'clock. <laughs> no week. I mean, you could have been like, oh, we're open 24 hours. <laughs> I could have said anything. Oh, man. Um, unfortunately, I missed that interaction. However, I did see another one that, um, again, I've always said you have different sides. I mean, as we all do, but uh, this other interaction that i that i witnessed uh you know kind of kind of shows the softer side of steve odo so there was a young customer um maybe you know 10 11 12 who was here with his mother and uh as they were walking out you you handed this this young kid a, a good sized stack of comic books for free and you said keep reading and it was something so pure about that that you just wanted this kid to continue in the hobby yeah, I mean, he was, an, uh, you know, he was one of our pull list customers and, uh, you know, very enthusiastic about the characters, about the storylines and all this kind of stuff. And, I, you know, I don't know him that well, but I, I knew in many ways his, his, uh, his appetite outweighed his wallet, mm -hmm. I guess. So there was always a problem, you know, that he's buying too many books. He has to cut titles down and all that kind of stuff. And today, because he hadn't been in like months, uh, the file was very big. And uh, so basically he handed me back I don't know, I mean, was it about 10, 15 books or something like that? You know, part of, a, of the, was it, I don't even remember what the titles were. Convergence, but maybe? Convergence or some Earth 2 thing. Um, so he gave it back to me, and it's like, okay, so he bought, you know, he and his mom bought the, the rest of the stuff. And it's like, you know, it's like, what the hell at this point? You know, this is, you, you want to encourage this kid to read, because kids don't read, and that's one of the problems with this industry. Going back to, to the, the, the move out these final weeks, um, I really want to talk about what it's, what it's been like here. Now, one thing, though, I have to say, you said that it's mostly been a one-man operation. That's not entirely true. You have had assistance. Rich Roney gave Rich Roney, well, yeah, Rich Roney. In fact, I, I was going to give him a call, but um, Rich Roney is my best friend from high school. Uh, I've known him for, God. That we always talk about, can I talk about the, 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 the certain points in, in time that change history? Yes. He told the story of how you Oh, met, did he do it? Like, but I would like to hear it from your I, perspective. I guess what, what, what it was is, uh, I guess as your, your listeners already know, um, you know, Rich came from, uh, from Illinois, and um, uh, we met, uh, was it 10th grade? So uh, 
I guess I, I, I don't. I, I think it was biology, but uh, you know, he introduced himself. And at that time, I was such an avid anti-smoking uh, advocate <laughs> that my first sentence to him was wasn't "Hello, how are you?" My first sentence was, "You're not a smoker, are you?" And he said to me, "Oh no." But now he says, "I wish I'd said yes, I am." <laughs> <laughs> Think of how but, different things would have. But been. Oh, God, exactly, yes. if we if we had not if we had not been friends, I mean, you guys would never have met him, and he's a major influence, I think, for everybody oh, here. Absolutely, you know, aside from being one of the nicest guys that ever walked the planet. You, you know? know, before he started calling, you know, you and Tom and everybody else. I mean, me and Rich had every Sunday. You know, epic conversation. Oh, don't tell Tom that. You'll I get won't in the tell gunny, Tom. You'll get in the gunny sack <laughs> if he knows that you used to call. Uh, I, you that know, Rich used to call you before Rich, him. Rich called me all the time. Every Sunday, Rich would call me. We yeah. would talk forever. He would give me an update about the store. You know, especially when I was, you know, in Baltimore. Um, he was the one. He was my. Him and Drew were my my two links mm-hmm. to what was going on here. Yeah, it's, it's so it's so funny how there are certain to me there are certain times in your life that where that like uh, that it could have been an alternate reality. You know, and, uh, you know, we, I guess we're all better for it that uh, he was not a smoker. That's right. Later on, he started smoking like a... <laughs> it was too late, though. Uh, we were already yeah, friends. Yeah, we were already friends. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, again, I always tell the story of how I got my job here was you asked me, hey, kid, how's your alphabet? I didn't know my ABCs, <laughs> and I couldn't alphabetize back issues. Well, you know, we might not be sitting here right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the things that we, well, we always talk about, but we talked about in the first episode are your Odoisms. And one of your Odoisms, not entirely an Odo original, but one that, that you, you follow is proper planning prevents poor performance. I learned that in the moving industry. I used to work as a, uh, as a, uh, as an estimator for a commercial mover in Manhattan. The, the movers used to have that, the, they used to call it the five P's, proper planning prevents poor performance. And actually, it turned out to be true. It's one of those things where, you know, uh, to to this day, everything you do, if it's it's set right, you'll be okay, as opposed to looking at each other later and say, well, 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 well. So how has that shaped the the exit strategy, the move out over these last weeks? It slowed me down. No, basically, you know, my my thinking was uh, if I can get the steel shelving set up there first and then put the statues in there and then get the Boeing bus over there and then get all the Batman bus over there. When uh, the perimeter of the room is, is set up in such a way that I can find everything. But again, because I'm anal, I put everything in alphabetical order, and that takes a little time. Um, but like, if, if somebody says, I need an abomination statue, I know exactly where to go to get it. If Bill hadn't shown up, do you think you would have made your deadline? No, no. Remember Sulu? We're not going to make it, are we? If Bill hadn't been here, I wouldn't be. And if you hadn't come in today, yeah, we today wouldn't have. Today was a huge hand. Yeah. Uh, huge. It, it, it was much, it's much worse. Again, advice for the general public. Whatever you think you're going to do, you know, whatever your estimate is, double it. If you think you can get it done in two weeks, you better figure four, and you'll be wrong. You probably needed five or six. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, not to be a jerk, but I like... I Where's think, the five Ps? Well, the five P. yeah, but I feel like we all kind of... Like, none of us were surprised that it w- it took as long as it did. I think you were the only one who <laughs> was surprised. I mean, we all... Because we were all like, it's so much stuff. And it was the, the time with the window was getting shorter and shorter. I think we, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, no, on, 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 I guess in retrospect, I, I thought, I guess at the beginning of June, or maybe around the 10th, I started thinking, 
I would have been better off if I had told people that we're closing at the end of May. So I have the entire month of June to move. Yeah, I was going to ask. That's actually something Drew brought up in his episode where he was it, like, that would, you know, to, to be closed, even if it's like the last two weeks, anything, just to have that uninterrupted time. It's, it's It was a monetary decision on my part. If I didn't keep the store going and uh, continue to have income coming into, uh, you know, some income coming into the store, I wouldn't have been able to pay the bills. I mean, again, you mentioned Rich Help. There have been a, a few other people you've, you've permitted to help, but because uh, yeah. a lot of people volunteer. Yeah, no, I, my feeling was that um, we need the bodies for like physical labor, but especially in the beginning when we have to coordinate it right, the proper planning part, where, you know, it's, it's nice that guys will come in and say, we want to help. But realistically, if I'm, if I'm trying to get certain pieces out and I know where they are or I know how to pa- what need to be packed and where it's going to go, and I, I hate to say it this way, that they would have been in the way. And in the beginning, also, it's like everybody's coming here to socialize. So it's not, I, I can't tell you how many times I feel like, I, I, you know, while everybody's standing around chatting, I'm, I'm working in the back or something, you know, it's like, well, where's the help? So it was better for me not to have help while I try to get this thing set up. And, uh, and then I only put the call out for help last week. Every day's an adventure. All right, fair enough. Because I remember coming in last week, I've been offering to, to help, and you ignored me. And oh, then I came uh, in last week, and I'm like, how's it going? And you're like, I- I'm running out of time. There's too much stuff. I'm like, I've been offering. I got to ask. I forced myself on you, by the way. Well, that's, I think, well, I think I've learned, like, that's kind of what you have to do. You, if you that's show I, up. I was texting you, like, I'm coming these days. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that's nice. That's all, that's all I thought. I was like, oh, that's nice of him to, to, to come in. If you show up, he won't turn you away. Yeah. You know what it is? It's, it's, like, uh, it's like how everybody got a job here. Is there, you touched on this before, but is there anything else you'd like to say about these, these final weeks? You know, these, as you've been saying goodbye to a lot of customers. And people have been coming in bringing you, uh, a lot of, a lot of bringing you alcohol. stuff. Yeah, I know. I, I'm thinking, gee, wouldn't it be funny if like I just become a drunk after this? You might. But yeah, the, no, again, you know, uh, it's unexpected. Uh, it's nice to see certain people that, uh, you know, you, you know that they're engaged now or type of then, but pretty much you're not going to see them again. But you've, you've watched a lot of these people grow up and, uh, you've watched them you know, have their own kids, and the kids are growing up. I mean, 13, 13. He, uh, you know, I, 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 I knew him when he was dating his girl Chrissy. They got married. The next thing you know, they've got a daughter. They got a second kid. Now they got a third kid. You know, and they, he dresses up as Thor at the conventions, and she's a Valkyrie, and it's, it's, it's amazing to see. You know, they, they came in to say, they don't shop here regularly anymore at all, but they came by to say goodbye. And it's like, uh, gee, yeah, that's, it's nice to be in their thoughts. It is a bit of surprise that for some people, I mean, you know, today there were people who actually were tearing up. And um, it's like, gee, it, it's, it's, it's nice to have been held in such high regard by some of these people, you know. And sometimes you think you're just the guy who's supposed to be ringing them up and selling them stuff. It's the, the end of the store. The legacy is the, is the people. And if they remember me nicely, that's a, that's a, then I think I did a good job on this planet. Well, let me put it this way. Nobody's going to forget you. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Certainly not that old guy. Uh. But that's the thing, you know, anytime, whether it's like an interview that I do for one of these things or, or just talking to people, whatever it is, that's always the question. Oh, what is it about alternate realities? Mm-hmm. What is it that makes it special? What is it that makes you want to do these projects? And the answer is always the same. It never changes. It's the people. It's the community. You know, I always say this to people, you know. And, it, and what rings true for me is your final comments and your remarks in, in the documentary about the people. I, I love it. I say it all the time. You're smiling already. About Wait till you hear my, con- my oh, concluding you're remarks do it again? for this. <laughs> yeah, the people, the, as colorful as the pages of the comic book. I mean, it really is. Yeah, a lot of history has gone through here. You know, 
and uh, yeah, it's a, a once in a lifetime experience in its own way. Yeah. yeah, it's you know, it's a it's a time in your life, and it's you know, again, going back to what I was saying at the beginning about you know the my and in, in my comic shop history. I mean, again, for metal, it was riding his bike here. Mm-hmm. For you, it was walking here. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think when I think back, what I come to most often are those college years, um, because that was when you know I got a key to the store, and you know took on more responsibility and was working here with Sean and Tom, and really became friends and had a lot of fun. And it was a time in my life when I didn't have a full time job or errands to run, mm-hmm. or bills to pay, or you know anything like that. And it was just, I don't know, it, it's a, and it's a weird thing too. I guess that's nostalgia because you don't, I don't, you obviously can't go back. I don't necessarily want to go back. Again, go, you know, going to law school, passing the bar, getting a job, getting engaged, getting my own place. They're all amazing things, and they're right. natural next steps in one's life. So it's not like I ever say, boy, I wish, you know, I wish I could be that college kid again, but... When I think back to it, that's that's kind of what I go to that time. Hey, getting the key to this place is like getting a key to your girlfriend's apartment. I mean, think about <laughs> think about the first time you walked in and nobody else is here, right? We've all done it. That's amazing. It's amazing. The first time, it's like holy shit, <laughs> you know. It's a powerful experience. That's what I, I was talking to Bill earlier. I I think that's one of the things I want to do is frame my key. Where's the, my the, key? Oh, the old key, not the new key, the old one. Where's my key? Uh, one Tom, ask Tom Darby. No, Steve Steve Ryan had it. Did you give it to Tom Darby after that? He, Tom Darby never, never gave back a key. Yeah, he still key. has a safe key, doesn't he? He talks. He, he might, I don't know if you want to listen to episode <laughs> he talks six. About that. He it's talks really about it. Well, let's he, see. He knew that you wanted the key back, but you, you didn't you, ask. You him. didn't ask him. <laughs> it's really funny. I guess to me, it's like it's a natural thing. You know, get you, back the you, key. You get back the key. Absolutely. I kept my key. Yeah, but you still use it. I that's mean, you're true. called upon every now and then. No, that's ca- true. You're, you're called upon to serve once in a while, you know? That's true. This is probably the storyteller in me, but Steve Odo, on, on Tuesday, June 30th, on the final day, when this place is completely cleared out. We hope. Well, hopefully. The slat wall is, is down. It's been spackled, painted, cleaned, swept. You're good to go. You walk to the door. You flip the switch. I mean, what goes through your mind that last time you look at that empty store? I know you haven't thought about it yet. <laughs> I'll think about it now. Um, it's going to be a relief, I'm sure. See, again, to me, the journey's not over. You know, alternate reality isn't over. Alternate reality is probably going to end up in court fighting to get security deposit back. What yeah. a note to go out on. Yeah. And that's the finale, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yeah. But, you see, that's why it's, it's just there's so much more to do. And it's not just the uh, the physical location. Mm-hmm. Well, gentlemen, as we sit here uh, approaching midnight. Is it really that late? Oh, crap. All right. In uh, almost empty alternate realities, um, is there anything else that either one of you would like to say? You had uh, spoken about regrets. And I guess the one regret that uh, I've got is that uh, the store took up so much of my life and my time. I never got to spend as much time with my son growing up as I would have liked to have. Um, he was, you know, obviously he came out, he turned out okay, you know, and, uh, and he's a great kid. But uh, I, I think I haven't been as, I don't want to say I, I failed as a father, but I could have been a better father to him. And thank God that, you know, at the time my, my folks, my, he was very close to my, my folks, you know, to his grandparents. Um, because they were there uh, while I was here.
they made a big difference in his life. Um, so I was grateful for that. But uh, the, that's the regret I have is I, I let the store become too much of my life here. And I forgot to enjoy the rest of it. You know, it's, uh, again, you can't look, you can't do anything about the past. But uh, if I were to do it over again, I probably would not have devoted all my time and energy to this. Um, it it would have been hard for me not to because I am a workaholic. You know, there's a reason I stay up till 2 o'clock every night. I mean, Evan might say it differently, but I, I think he he might have even been happier if it hadn't been so much of a comic book store owner. So that's the only regret I have. You know, these, uh, you know, it's like anything else. There are pros and cons. Um, you know, a lot of good things happen from here. So, you know, hope he understands. You know, I'm sure he does. Anything else you would like to say? You know, uh, what I would like to say, Steve, I mean, Steve, you know, there's so many things to thank you for. Um, so I'm just going to say thank you for everything. Um, you know, certainly you've been so many of the things to me and, and so many other people over the years. Um, so thanks for being around. Um, thanks for listening. You know, uh, certainly when I was here more often, I mean, you really were a father figure in my life. And I really, really appreciate that. Um, you know, I looked up to you and I still do. And, uh, you know, I hope with the store closing, we'll still stay close. Well, again, as I look, you know, as I said before, you too are like the sons. You know, I would proud to be your father. And, uh, you know, my life is better for you being in it. So thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for creating and sustaining the store, for, you know, welcoming all of us into it, for... Mm -hmm asking me how my alphabet is yeah. I mean that made all the difference in my life and um, you know thank you for teaching me the parable of the flat squirrel you know we joke a lot about the Odoisms but um, that's one that I've really derived a lot of meaning from the fact that this podcast exists in large part it's because of the lesson that hesitation kills that if, some, if there's something you want you have to go for it I think there's such great truth in that. So thank you for teaching me that most fundamental lesson. You know, I just want to say to you, Anthony, um, you know, thanks also for, for what you've done over the last, uh, you know, half a decade or so with, you know, chronicalizing, you know, the store uh, and everybody in it. I mean, uh, you know, we all talked about how, oh, wouldn't it be great to have a documentary or a film crew in here, you know, filming us doing this stuff because we had so much fun doing it. Um, and you took the initiative and actually got it done. And, uh, you know, for somebody who had never done this sort of thing before, you know, in respect to the, the film, it was brilliant. I mean, not just because, you know, I was a part of it, we were all a part of it, and we knew the, the source material, but it was amazing. I mean, I look at it, I watched it very recently, and, and it holds up. And, I mean, it's just an amazing uh, snapshot of our lives, you know, five years ago. Um, and so, I mean, I'll always have that. And, you know, thank you for doing that for us. And, um, you know, when I watch it and I've watched that documentary, I don't know how many times now, <laughs> and, uh, it's like visiting old friends. Um, and, 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 and again, and, and it's, it's a picture of us, you know, in time that that'll be there forever. Uh, and so you captured that moment. And so thank you for that. And, you know, and continue with, with everything that you do. These podcasts have been brilliant. I mean, 
living in New Mexico has been very difficult on me and my family. And, uh, you know, just, just over the last, you know, uh, you know, 12 weeks, just, you know, hearing everybody talking about the store and, you know, their passions about comics and, and, you know, what the store has meant to them, you know, it's that shared experience and it's just, um, it's been, it's been wonderful. And, you know, I thank you for doing this. I really do. No, thank you. And, uh, that's really been my honor to do all of this. You've covered everything there is to cover about this, uh, and you should listen to all 12 of them because everything has been covered. I mean, I it's, it's great. Well, I'll be alone in the warehouse so I can yeah, listen yeah. to these. Well, thank you both for participating in this finale episode of My Comic Shop History. Now comes the hard part, saying goodbye. I once said, comic book stories never really end, and the tale of alternate realities is no different. But in the end, what I've learned is this. Comic book stories never really end. Comic book stores do. But the tale of alternate realities is not the tale of 700 Central Park Avenue. It is the story of the people who gave the store life, the friends who go out to dinner on Saturday night, and all fight to sit next to Rich Roney, a person none of us would have met if not for this store. We are the Wednesday regulars and the Sunday browsers, the best customers and the worst offenders, the friends, and the gunny sack holders. We are alternate realities. I've ended each episode of this podcast by saying, don't be a flat squirrel. But that's not just my sign-off. It's advice. It's a motto, a mission statement. Maybe there's a place like alternate realities in your life. It doesn't even have to be a comic book store. But if there's a place where you have an opportunity, somewhere, sometime, to reach out, to make a connection, to make a friend. Don't hesitate. Don't be a flat squirrel. Because who knows, they could be the best friends you'll ever make. And one day you can host a podcast about it. My name is Anthony Desiato, and I have been your host for my comic shop history. For the final time, don't be a flat squirrel. Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends.